Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You may be seated. In the very first chapter of St. John's Gospel, John tells us, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In the eighth chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus was having a controversy with the religious authorities. And this is what he said to them. Now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? And then we come to this lesson for today. It's at near the end of the gospel and near the end of Jesus' earthly life. And this is what he says. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The very next verse in this passage, which we didn't read, it was included in the reading, but the very next verse, in the very next verse, Pontius Pilate asks, what is truth? What is truth? And this is the question we want to deal with this morning. What is truth? What is truth? Now I could talk about a lot of secular things because that's a question everybody, in America at least, and I think in Europe too, everybody's <coughs> asking this question, what really is truth or what is true? I don't want to deal with it on a biblical basis. I don't want to go, first of all, to a, to a passage you all know in John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus himself is the truth. That's an odd way of talking, I understand that. But he embodies the truth. He is the truth. If you want to know what truth is, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And when you look to Jesus, what do you see? You see, oh, that helps. You see a man who reaches out to people. I say this over and over again, you've heard, me, you've heard me say it already for five or six weeks. He reaches out to people, the poor, the broken, the sin sick, those who are lame or blind or deaf. He reaches out to those with leprosy, those who are demon possessed. He reaches out to even touch the dead. He reaches out to all kinds of people, reaches out to heal them, to forgive them, to love them. He reaches out again and again and again. 
For that, he was criticized because a lot of people didn't want to hear that. Because you see, the truth is, they were all broken in one way or another. They're all broken in one way or another, whether it's sickness or, or sin sickness or, or whatever, they were broken people. And guess what? All of us are broken. You, me, all in our own ways. All in our own ways. You know, some of us are great sinners. Others of us are little, 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 little sinners. Some of us are diseased. Doesn't matter. We all have brokenness in our bodies, in ourselves. Every one of us. It's only those who would lie to themselves who don't know that. We are all broken. That's one of the reasons people oppose Jesus, because they didn't want to admit that they were broken. And usually it's the most religious people who don't want to admit that they are broken. The most religious. They want to be perfect. They, want, they don't want to admit that there's anything wrong with them. So they opposed him through his whole ministry. But we are all broken in our own way. I'd like, just, just for a minute, think this. Think this through, just for a minute. Look into yourself and think of that one thing, or maybe two or three things, but one thing in particular that you wouldn't want anyone else to know about you. We all have those things, believe I have them. We all have things we don't want others, maybe not even our spouses or our best friends. What is it that you don't want anyone else to know about you? That's, that's the cutting edge of your brokenness right there. You don't want other people to know that you're broken. None of us do, but we are. St. Paul writes to the Romans and he says, there is none righteous, no one is righteous, no, not one. We're all broken in our own way. And I, I, I'm not saying, if you think I'm saying that to make you feel bad, I'm not. It's, it's just true. It's not meant to make you feel bad. It's just the way things are. We're all broken. Some of us are sick, in way, physically sick. Some of us are, are sin sick. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Some of us are emotionally sick. It doesn't matter. We're all broken in some way or another. All of us. And that is, friends, the truth. That's the truth that Jesus saw. Jesus saw it clearly. That's the reason he reached out to people all over the place, because he knew it. He reached out to touch them, to touch you and me, because he knew it. You see, this truth about our brokenness isn't the only truth, and it isn't the whole truth. The whole truth was in that first chapter of John. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. You see, the truth is, Jesus also brings God's grace. He knows who you are. He knows who I am. He knows our brokenness. He knows it all. Yet he comes in the name of God to heal and to forgive. To heal and to forgive you. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's 
inside that's broken, he comes to heal that, to forgive it, to love you. There's, you all know John 3.16. I'll bet you know that, don't you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You all know that verse. Do you know John 3.17, most of you? For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world. Hey, did you hear me? Not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Or it could be translated just as well, the word's the same, that the world might be healed through him. The Greek word's the same word. That the world might be healed through him. This is why Jesus came. He came to love you, forgive you, to heal you. You may not be healed today or tomorrow, but you'll be healed in eternity. I, I, I promise you that. You'll be whole because you belong to God. He came to heal us all, he came to make us whole, to love us. I've said this, those of you who know me have heard this illustration so many times, I'm sorry, but it's as a parent loves a child, huh? Our children all do things that we don't like. Our children all disobey. They all do wrong things. And sometimes they're disciplined for that or punished for that, rightly so. But does a good parent stop loving their children? Of course not. We love our children. If we can love our children, how much more will God love us? In Jesus Christ, he, he's come to, to love us all the way to the cross. He loves us forever and ever. Now these people that oppose Jesus, they just wouldn't have it. They, they would rather kill the, 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 the messenger than listen to the message. That's true. I'm not blaming this. Don't think this. This is not a story about Jews. This is a story about religious people generally. A lot of Christian people just the same. Or Muslim people or others. A lot of people are religious. They'd rather, they'd rather kill the messenger than believe the message. <coughs> but we are all broken. We all need forgiveness. And he's come to do just that. To touch your life. To touch your life. They nailed him to a cross. And the cross is the beginning of the resurrection. Do you hear that? It's on the cross that his words are sealed forever. Promises are sealed forever. And he lives in those promises for you right now. Promises that can never be changed. They're always true. There's no way of going back. He was killed. And he, he's raised up in his promises to live forever as your Lord and Savior. To give you life. Ah, broken. Yeah, we're all broken. Yeah, we are. It's just true. Wagner's broken. But I'm loved and forgiven. And so are you. I want to end with a little bit from my favorite psalm. My favorite psalm is Psalm 103. 
I, I say the first five verses over and over and over again. This is not from the first five verses. This is from 8 through 14. Listen carefully, because this is God's will for, for God's people going back years before Jesus. Jesus just confirms it, seals it. The psalm says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. Did you hear that? Makes me smile. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we are made. He remembers that we are dust. I always like that last verse on Ash Wednesday. You know, on Ash Wednesday, we put ashes on a forehead and we say to people, remember that you are dust. But it's even better to know that God remembers that we are dust. God remembers. He knows that we're broken. He remembers that we are dust. And because he remembers, he comes to love us and save us and heal us. To love you, save you, and heal you. Amen.